As we saw earlier, 1997 Tiger Woods played this hole pretty well, making an ace and the 15-time major champ making some news today on social media. Yeah, he ain't done. Excited to be playing host next week at the Genesis of playing host. So yeah, he'll have his duties behind the microphone, but he'll also have 14 clubs in his bag, Eamon Lynch. And the world is somewhat back to normal, <laughs> I guess, right? Or at least this is what the PGA Tour wants to see in terms of we, we had this conversation yesterday that this has been a season of Davids. They've won all the tournaments. We haven't seen much of the Goliaths in terms of performance. They haven't played particularly well. At least we're getting the biggest one of all back in beside the ropes next week uh, on a golf course that he made his debut at all those years ago, 32 years ago now, Tiger Woods made his debut on that golf course. He's not played any tournament on the PGA Tour more often without winning yes. than he has the Genesis Invitation at Riviera. I don't know if he has expectations in terms of his game this year, but it's just going to be good to see him out there playing again. It will. He has said best-case scenario is he's going to play once a month, which would lend to believe that maybe he'll play the players in March and maybe, the, uh, maybe. You know you're going to see him at Augusta National by hook or by crook, but do you believe that this is kind of the beginning of a steady diet of Tiger Woods? I hope so, because that was the interesting change that we heard from Tiger at the end of last year when he talked about what his actual schedule was going to be, because previously he had really managed expectations. It was very much along the lines of, uh, we'll see what's possible. I might play a few times, almost leaving us with the sense that it might not be much more than the majors. Once he started to say it could be once a month, well, then you start looking at, at Riviera. You start to look at Bay Hill, where he's been a winner seven times out there. You, you start to hope that we're actually going to see more of Tiger, because if he's going to play, say, 10, 12 times during the year, well, Tiger's probably not going to play a great deal after FedEx Cup playoffs, even if he were to qualify for those. You, you know, he's basically the PNC championship and, and the hero potentially after that. So I'm, I'm optimistic that in the meat of the season, as we move really from next week at Genesis all the way through the Open Championship, that we'll see, we'll get our fill of Tiger, I hope. Yeah, loved seeing him uh, with his son Charlie at the PNC, loved seeing him at the Hero in the Bahamas, but it'll be also great to see him back inside the ropes, you know, rubbing elbows with his peers and the best players in the world. Your spring is about to get a lot more power with the Home Depot. Get gas-like power from mowing, trimming, and blowing with the Ryobi 18-volt OnePlus system starting at just $89. Mowing power that can take on a third of an acre with one charge. Trimming power with up to two hours of runtime. And blowing power with 110 miles per hour of clearing force. All in one interchangeable battery. Get cordless gas-like power for the entire lawn with the Ryobi 18-volt OnePlus system. Only at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Nick Saban, one of those people you see and hear a lot on Instagram, the likes of Kobe Bryant with messages, Gino Ariema, the coach of UConn women's basketball. And for more with the coach, we send it back down to Kira K. Dixon. All right, guys, I'm here with the legendary coach, Nick Saban. Uh, coach, this is your first time getting to do this. You are no stranger to huge crowds, but how would you describe the crowd energy here at the WM Phoenix Open? Well, there's one thing to play in front of 100,000 people when you know what you're doing. It's a whole nother thing to play against a, in front of a bunch of people when you don't know what you're doing. So it's fun, though. It's fun. This is a great event to have this much interest. You know, in golf, I think is great. So it's fantastic just to be here.
Alabama's no stranger to greatness. Nick Dunlap recently won on the PGA Tour. I know you've had some time to, to spend with, with him. Uh, have you had any conversation with him after he won at, out in the desert at Amex and decided to turn pro? Yeah, I actually talked to him the very day he you know, won the tournament, which is great for him, great for Alabama. You know, it's um, something that I think he probably needed to do to get on the tour, but it's not great for Alabama in one way that they had a great golf team this year, but um, we're happy for him and want to see him do well. And just one more question I got to ask you. How's the golf game doing these days? Uh, I think good. I think good. You know, I mean, it's always a challenge, so you just got to keep on trying to overcome all the adversity that you have in any sport, but I think that's a great lesson for us all to learn by playing sports. Absolutely. Words to live by. Great shot here. Enjoy the rest of the day. Thank you. Thanks, Coach. One of the greatest coaches in the history of college football right there, and he's still concerned about keeping Alabama on top, wondering if Nick Dunlap going pro is actually going to hurt the college team. I love the jacket. It just says uh, simply, Tide. Ride the Tide. TPC Scottsdale. Bring spring color inside this season with Bear Premium Plus paint starting at $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the Bear exclusive color Arrowhead Lake. Or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass. Whatever your inspiration, start your spring with durable colors that last all season with Bear Premium Plus paint starting at $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. It's a party here at the People's Open, the WM Phoenix Open. Damon Hack alongside Eamon Lynch and the voice of NBC Golf, Dan Hicks, with deep ties oh. to the Valley of the Sun. I'm in enemy territory, guys. <laughs> I just want to let you know that. This is uh, not wildcat country. <laughs> I was born and raised down the road in Tucson, Arizona. So when I come here, I see enough pitchforks to last a lifetime, <laughs> believe me. When you first came here, it was the first year this golf course opened, right? You yeah. were a radio guy back then. I was a radio guy back in the day. We'd come up to cover the big tournament in the big city, the Phoenix Open. So I remember this place when it first got started, when the celebrated Nest, which now has a lineup which will rival any rock show in the country, was just a little tent off to the side of the golf course. And now look what it's become. It's just uh, it's amazing to watch it evolve. Is it true you met Johnny Miller here before he ever became your partner? So I did. Well, I actually saw Johnny down at the Tucson Open when he was yeah. scorching the earth down there back <laughs> in the day. But I remember when TPC golf courses were first opening around the country, and this was one of the first ones. And I wanted to do a story on TPC golf courses, so I knew Johnny was an opinionated guy and that he'd probably have some things to say. Little did I know that he proceeded to kind of blast the TPC network <laughs> in only the way Johnny could do, but he gave me a great interview. He didn't know who the heck I was, just some small reporter from Tucson, Arizona. So that was the beginning of what would be a 20-year relationship ah. in the booth. So it's all pretty cool. Yes. Dan, you've covered and announced some of the most consequential sporting events in the world. Where does this compare in terms of the vibe and, and the noise and just the theater around this? It's got an electricity, and again, you know, I, I put the Olympics on a pedestal pretty much as far as just sheer energy, um, as far as just off the charts. A Ryder Cup is just sustained energy. But for a week, this place 
I think, can rival any of those, especially with this scene behind Saban us. Putting for par right Nick now. Saban in the house. I mean, what is the value of Nick Saban, Michael Phelps, the Larry Fitzgeralds here embracing this game? I think it's awesome. I think they've all heard about it, and I know that Nick hasn't had a lot of time to come out and actually play in this, tur in, in this tournament because of what his other job entailed. But I think everybody wants to get a piece of it, a taste of it. And if you are a sports fan, if you're not a sports fan, can't tell you how many people that I've seen coming through the gallery here that are here just because they wanted to be here. Not because of golf necessarily, but they wanted to get a hold of the spectacle here and kind of feel what the fuss was all about. He just got booed as if he was in the swamp <laughs> in Gainesville. How about that? That's, uh, that's par for the course here, Damon, as you know. <laughs> no doubt about it. Well, you have... JT is coming up on the tee right now. We'll actually take a look at how he Beautiful. faces. He's he, had some pretty good tournaments here through the years. He really a guy, a guy to pick in your pool. Let's see if he does better than his mentor. I mean, he's a guy that embraces this atmosphere, loves the, the big stage, and has been playing great after a tough 2023 on a run of five straight top tens, including the Ned Bank and the Hero. Great to see him out here and playing well, guys. And I thought he his pre-tournament press conference that he held yesterday was pretty telling. He got into the, the weeds a little bit about, you know, what he had done as far as watching his swing. He thought his hands were getting too high, and he had this kind of look of perfection that wasn't what he wanted it to be. And so he just kind of went down that rabbit hole like all of us can. Eamon, I know your game is famous for that. But I think that uh, I think that was really a revealing press conference that he held talking about. See, he said his hands were getting too high and he, so he was trying to lower his hands and he just went crazy for a year pretty much. He was on the putting green yesterday afternoon working with Bones and his dad who you see right behind him there. And as the rain was coming down, he was under the umbrella and he stayed there. Takes a little more time than Nick Saban did over the ball. <laughs> Nick, Nick pulled the trigger pretty quickly. There we go. He'll take four of those, I imagine. This week has a couple of third place finishes here. And one thing he talked about, Dan, was the, the confidence gained by just being picked for the Ryder Cup team and how much that had weighed on his mind that once he made the team, it kind of freed him up a little bit. And I think the results have followed as well. Absolutely. You know, the last thing that Justin Thomas wants to do is have to depend on a pick, right? But yeah. then he didn't get the pick. He wasn't going to get an automatic bid, so he was going to wait for a pick. And he just said he just got out of outside of himself yeah. trying to impress and trying to do well. And again, the clock was ticking on the time that he had to do it. So. I think that uh, he learned a little bit of a lesson. You got to let this game come to you, right? I mean, we're always learning something about it, and even the guys that are tops in the game are learning. There's always going to be a faction of fans in this game, Dan, who think this is a bit of a vulgar sideshow. In a way, it's not really their thing. Are they persuadable in terms of the value of of what an event like this is? Just one week out of the year. I think that. First of all, you got to come here. You got to you got to experience it. I don't think you can sit there back on your couch and say, oh, this is something that I would never want to get involved with. I don't care if you're a fan or a player. I mean, I've heard a lot of players that have come here. Um, you know, I'll even speak for Roger Malpe, our old colleague who used to tell me, he goes, you know what? Not my cup of tea. And I get it. It's not some players vision of what they think professional golf should be as far as the noise. 
but I think there's a place for Hunter's it. Hunter's made plenty of noise himself. <laughs> I know, which kind of contradicts his own personality. <laughs> You'd think that he'd be a guy that would thrive in this environment and want to be in this environment, but he's also a really big traditionalist. Yeah. So some guys, and I get it, you know, it's not for everybody, but I think it, uh, it certainly has uh, been a lot of fun to watch through the years. What have you made of the stories we've seen so far in 2024? We've had an amateur win yep. on the PGA Tour, just as rare. We've had a Frenchman win <laughs> on the PGA Tour in Matthew Pavon. Yeah, I think it just goes, uh, the sport can go anywhere at any time, right? It can kind of go a little haywire, so to speak. We saw guys that weren't necessarily lined up for a win. Guys that if you're looking at the odds before the tournament started, there's no way. A Grayson Murray, yeah. a Chris Kirk, not totally off the radar, right. but a guy that you know hadn't won a lot hadn't won a long time before he picked up his previous win so we had some great stories and in the Dunlap story was just absolutely yeah. amazing I had a chance to do the US Amateur at Cherry Hills last year so kind of got exposed to what Dunlap was all about and heard about how this guy was really going to make a great PGA Tour pro and at that point you're like all right sure let's see but you could tell that he had all those intangibles at Cherry Hills went on to win the US Amateur of course so that was an electric win. I mean, that was great stuff. So it's been a great start to the season. We'll see what happens this week. We're back on golf today. Scotty Scheffler is your two-time defending champion here at the WM Phoenix Open. 2022, he beat Patrick Cantley on the third playoff hole with a 25-foot birdie putt. That was his first win on the PGA Tour. I remember it, Eamon. I remember last year also. For the second straight year, final round 65, he beat Nick Taylor by a couple shots. It's a designated event last year. Scotty earned some 3.6 mil from the $20 million purse. Also regained the number one spot in the official World Golf ranking from Rory McIlroy. It's just been a dominant start to his career. Six wins. He got a green jacket. He win the flagship event of the PGA Tour. The players, 28 top 10 finishes in 44 PGA Tour starts since that first win on tour. Great to have Scotty, the world number one, with us, braving the elements. Scotty, other than the fact that you're just good at golf, why does this event, with all of its nuttiness and craziness, speak to you so well? Yeah, I'm not really sure. I, I think it's a fun event. I, uh, you know, I love playing in front of a crowd like this, and it's a, it's a little bit of a unique test out here with the crowd. You know, getting booed's not something that usually happens too much when you're playing a regular tour event, but coming out here and uh, playing in front of the fans, and uh, it's a lot of fun. What's your strategy on a week like this, Scotty? Is, do you embrace the theatrics, or do you tune it out, or can you tune it out? I don't think you truly can tune it out, but I try and stay in my own little world as best I can. Um, you know, when you're getting booed, that's something I'm not going to try to embrace. But when you start holding putts and the, the crowd starts getting really into it, I think it's something that you embrace and, you know, just try and have fun with. Scotty, do you nerd out a little bit and be a little kid when Larry Fitzgerald or Emmett Smith or Michael Phelps walks by? Is there someone that still gives you goosebumps, Scotty? Give me something. Yeah, I was about to say this is a it's a pretty unique program as well. You know, last year I played with Emmett Smith and I definitely had some had some questions for him. And you know, I played with Glenn Powell today and it's it's definitely different than a lot of the other programs, but it's a lot of fun, you know, getting to meet meet guys like that. You know, great athletes, um, you know, great athletes like Larry Fitzgerald and then Emmett Smith, you know, getting to meet those guys and spend a little bit of time with them is a ton of fun. And, you know, I always like to pick pick their brains. And so, you know, I got some good advice from Emmett last year. And um, yeah, yeah, it's just a fun week. What did he tell you? Wait, what did Emmett Smith tell you? One of the greatest running backs ever to put on shoulder pads. 
Well, I just loved how competitive he was. You know, that's the thing that I noticed the most. Like, we're out there playing, you know, just a fun pro-am, and he's taking it seriously. He's getting the getting the crowd into it, and he's trying to perform his best. And, you know, that's something that I, I try to embrace and, you know, do my best every day. And, you know, Emmett was definitely one of those guys that, that was doing his best at whatever he was trying to do. We've had a bunch of guys come here over the years, Scotty, going for three in a row, including guys like Ben Hogan. But the only guy who's ever done it is Arnold Palmer. You could be the second guy to do it this weekend. How confident are you in being able to match Arnie in that achievement? Well, you know, I, I'm not really thinking too much about the end of the week. You know, I'm just trying to get into the tournament, stick with my normal schedule, and, you know, just finish the prom this morning and then, uh, you know, head out and practice a bit this afternoon and then go, you know, put my feet up this afternoon and get some rest. But, you know, anytime you can get mentioned in the same breath as Arnie would be really special. But at the end of the day, I'm just going to go out, you know, and stick to my routine and my process and, you know, just try to do the best I can. You've been putting in a lot of work that you've talked about over the last few months in terms of your putting. What's been the most challenging or the most interesting part of that process for you? Well, I think uh, my hands are in a slightly different position on the putter, and so that's been a bit of an adjustment, but I've been feeling the benefits of that, you know, pretty much, you know, right from the get-go, and so being in the right position in the setup is really important, and I feel the ball, you know, come off my blade really nice, and then, you know, mentally, I'm trying not to focus on whether or not the putt goes in, but, you know, doing like I do with my full swing and just controlling the process and, um, you know, making sure that, you know, I'm controlling what I can control, and that's, you know, hitting a quality putt. Outside of that, um, you know, I'm not too worried about the results. Scotty, you had an historically great ball striking year last year. What are you most proud of in how you handled the ups and the downs of 2023? Um, yeah, it was definitely an up and down year. I had some highs and some lows and some tournaments that, you know, I won that were really special and, you know, maybe a few tournaments that I should have won and didn't. So, you know, you take the good with the bad, but I'm, I'm very proud of last year how I was put myself in position every week to win tournaments. And definitely I was proud of how consistent I was. We've seen a, some noise go around the last week or so, Scotty, where Rory thought live guys ought to have a pathway back with no penalty. JT and Ricky say not so fast on that. Do you have any particular view on what should happen to those players? Should they want to come back to the PGA Tour? Yeah, I think that's definitely a complicated issue that I'm not, you know, sitting too far on one side of the fence with that. I think there's, you know, a different level of player that left. You know, you had some guys that left our tour and then sued our tour. You know, that wasn't really in great taste. And you had some other guys that just left and, you know, they wanted to do something different. And everybody made their own decision. And, you know, I have no bad blood towards the guys that left. But a path towards coming back, I think it it wouldn't be a very popular decision. I think if they just came back like nothing ever happened, you know, they did kind of leave. And, and um, you know, they left our tour. That's that's just part of it. And I think that there, there should be a pathway back for them. But, you know, they definitely shouldn't be able to come back, you know, just without any sort of, you know, contribution to the tour if that makes sense do you have a sense that that's the majority opinion that most of the players who stayed feel like there should be a waiting period or, or something for having left the PGA Tour yeah I'm not really sure what that is but there there, there should be something I think that's going to be the opinion of most of the players that stayed you know we remain loyal to a tour um, you know, a tour that was loyal to us. You know, that's, you know, I, I built, you know, my entire career here on the PGA Tour, and I wasn't, you know, willing to leave it. I dreamt of playing on this tour, and, um, you know, some of the guys that left, maybe that wasn't wasn't for them, but I think if they want a pathway back, that, that there should be one, but it definitely shouldn't just be coming back in, you know, first week they want to come back and play. You know, there should be should be some sort of caveat to, what, to, to them getting back on our tour. Scotty, I want to leave you with this. You're playing great. You're going for three in a row. There's a big game on Sunday, Chiefs, 49ers. Who do you have and why? 
Um, you know, I got the Cowboys. You know, I'm a Dallas guy. <laughs> um, eventually, they'll be in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Never give up. Uh, you know, I'm still holding out hope. They might still be playing on Sunday. I haven't haven't quite given up yet, but we'll see. Spoken like a true Cowboys fan, America's team. Have a great week as you go for three in a row, Scotty. Thanks for the time. All right. All right. Thanks, y'all. Have a good one. Appreciate it. Uh, there he is, the world number one. And I tell you, Eamon, he handles questions with aplomb. It's no surprise that he's going for three in a row. You know, whether someone's yelling at him, in the stands there's questions about his game and you see his odds here five to one to make it three in a row yeah and the, the odds makers know what they're talking about damon this guy has managed to tune out the theatrics around here for the last couple of years which is not easy to do you know you get back-to-back -back winners here you don't get back-to-back -back winners really in the modern era out here who can deal with this kind of noise and just production around them all the time and the fact that he's been able to do it so successfully the last couple of years it would be a brave man who'd bet against scotty Scheffler being there again on sunday it's not as though he has to rush home and watch the football game <laughs> no doubt the cowboys will not be uh, on that field on sunday i've interviewed scotty quite a bit because he played so well last year and i was doing the nbc interviews and he doesn't set a lot of outward goals he's able to turn the page and move on that's also a one reason why i think he's able to go back to back and continue to play well on venues he doesn't really reminisce about things he's done in the past he's ready to move on and climb different he's mountains kind of got a dustin johnson vibe yes in that sense dustin's never a particularly reflective golfer in terms of things that had gone well or things that had gone badly which allowed him to keep going in, in a forward direction but it was interesting to hear him take the position that has been voiced by Justin Thomas yesterday and by Ricky Fowler last week, that, that live guys ought not to have a, a clear path, an easy path back to the PGA Tour because Scotty Scheffler is not a particularly political animal mm. when it comes to PGA Tour administration. And that, by Scotty Scheffler's standards, was a fairly strident position to say there has to be some kind of penalty and suggesting that that would be the majority opinion in the PGA Tour's locker rooms. Yeah, I mean, in that case, Scotty sounded a little bit like uh, Carmela Soprano back in the day. Tony, there must be consequences. I mean, that is the opinion of the likes of Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas. And it sounds like that's probably the majority opinion in the locker room compared to where Rory McIlroy is more about turning the page, seeing the global possibilities and not worrying about penalties for the guys who left. Yeah, but that clearly is a sentiment that Rory may hold and it may ultimately be the sentiment that where the PGA Tour ends up in some respect but you can see there are going to be consequences somewhere for some group of players either PGA Tour players are going to have to suck it up and let them back or live players are going to have to face consequences and if there is to be some kind of coming together as part of this discussion and negotiation with the Saudi Arabians that is ongoing right now that's going to be one of the thornier issues in there. We can talk finances and structure all you like, but if the, neither body can bring their constituents along with them. I mean, the live players will do whatever they are told to do by the Saudis. That's what they signed up for. It's not optional with them. But there is player power on this side of the equation. And if those players want some consequences, if they want a price to be paid for those who left, and as Scotty Scheffler pointed out, those who litigated, well then that price is going to be paid. It's going to be very tough for the PGA Tour to bring those players along or get to a final deal if the players aren't on board with that sentiment. Just get the sense that whatever turbulence uh, continues to meet the game, Scotty Scheffler will continue to meet the moment and continues to play great golf no matter what is happening outside the ropes.
Well, as mentioned, so many wonderful stars of other sports have been here in the Valley of the Sun, including the Pro Football Hall of Fame running back Emmett Smith, most career rushing yards, most career rushing touchdowns, 15 NFL seasons, 13 in Dallas, but don't forget also a couple seasons here in Arizona. Florida Gator, also played the Hilton Grand Vacations Tournament of Champions, the LPGA Tour, started playing golf in the late 80s with some college buddies and has fallen in love with the game. We caught up with the Cowboys legend earlier in the morning and when the sun was shining. Pretty decent swing, though. Yes, sir. And the Pro I'll Football Hall of Famer, Emmett Smith, joins us right now. You're teed off on the par 3 12th. You're playing the Pro Am. How are you hitting it so far? That looked pretty good. Uh, no, nah, I'm hitting it a little. Everything's been right. Uh, that means I'm either leaving my hips open, not getting through the ball completely. Um, but for the most part, the sun is coming out, and it's turning out to be a pretty nice looking day. What handicap so are you playing to this okay. week, Emmett? Shoot, what, I should what? be playing to a 25. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, they got me probably playing. I got a 7.8 index, so whatever that means, uh, you know, pretty decent, not bad for a guy that doesn't play a whole lot of golf. Emmett, I know you started playing that in the late 80s. That means I don't really put all my scores. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's like... The rest of us. What attracted to you to this game, Emmett, when you started playing for the first time in your college days? You know, the thing that attracted me the most was the camaraderie that I was building with some of my teammates who actually introduced me to the game. Uh, we went out uh, a place called the West End out in Gainesville, Florida, and we were playing, and, and there was a whole lot of entertainment and <laughs> drinking and laughing and hitting bad shots, hitting good shots. But the thing that kept me coming back the most was the one good shot that I hit, thinking that I can rep replicate that shot every time I play the game. This is the most difficult game I've ever played in my entire life. Emmett, you made the same mistake I did. I read that the first set of clubs you ever bought were a set of Ben Hogan blades just because they were so pretty. How long did it take you to realize that there was a better marriage out there for you? <laughs> It took me years because I would not give up those pretty clubs. Uh, I used to tee up with a one iron because I couldn't hit a driver. Um, it was a whole lot of things that went on that I had to adjust to. But uh, once I got to uh, hitting a tailor maze with a little cavity back, which was a little bit more forgiving, then I realized I could play the game a little bit differently. <laughs> Emmett, you're playing with a couple of PGA Tour winners and, and Lucas Glover and, and Tom Hoagie. In what ways can they help you, or, or are you uh, beyond help at this point? I am beyond help at this point. <laughs> Ain't no need for trying to help me right now. I mean, I mean, watching these guys, these guys have done and are doing what I started doing when I was a little kid, and that is playing the game of football. So I'm a pretty good guy at that one, and they are real good at what they're doing right now. So it takes time, and it takes years to unravel all of the bad flaws that we have in a golf swing. And so I'm still working at it. But I got my own authentic swing. I know where the ball is going to go, so I hit to it, and I play it all day, and I just enjoy the game of golf. I am, I'm not trying to be Lucas Glover. I'm not trying to even be Tiger Woods. I'm just trying to be the best Emmitt Smith that I can be. If that's an 85, that's an 85. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, Emmett, you're a fan of the game as well. You pay a lot of attention to it. Do you think fans are turned off by what seems to be this endless conversation about money in the game or, or the politics of the game? They just actually want to get back to a simpler time of when it was just fun? Well, um, I can see how fans can get turned off when you start talking about money, because most of the time we talk about money that most fans only dream to have. And so it makes it seem like guys who have a ton of money are being greedy. But you have to understand this. The world evolves around commerce. Commerce is generated one way or the other. Somebody's trading some kind of good or for services, et cetera, et cetera. These golfers and athletes are going out providing the service, and when they do do it at the highest level, like a Kobe Bryant or a Michael Jordan or someone of that elk, uh, they get their money's worth, and they feel like they have not been cheated. But when you pay somebody a ton of money and they're not performing like they're supposed to, everybody feel like they got robbed, including the owners. Speaking of perform, do you have a putt to hit right now? We'll watch you uh, hit a putt. You can take us through the process no, if you're I'm up. I'm not going to putt. Lucas Grover just made a birdie, so I don't have to putt, so it's all good. <laughs> Well, let me ask you about the zone in sports. We talk about players playing at the highest level. Wyndham Clark shot 60 at Pebble last week. What's the zone for an NFL running back? What's the equivalent when the golf hole looks like a big bucket? You know, the zone for, for running back is like he, he is out there running uh, effortlessly. Um, things look to be in slow motion. He could be exhausted. It could be the fourth quarter, and he could be running and things. He's like, it's almost like having an out-of-body experience. You're watching yourself do things that you normally would not see yourself do because you're just floating. That's the way the zone felt to me. It felt like I could not do any wrong. I had guys that were falling off me, guys that, were, that was not in position to make the tackle, and I was doing whatever I wanted to do. And that's a wonderful feeling. I chased that zone for many, many years because it, it, it comes rarely. It's not like it's something that happens every game, but it does come every once in a while. And when it does, it's a beautiful thing to watch. Emmett, you played a game where the, the talent is contracted and you had obligations to, to the team and your teammates beyond just your performance on the field. Do you see golf heading that way where it ceases to be so independent contractor oriented and is more of a contractual obligation for the players? Well, um, I think it all is a contractual obligation, whether it's the networks having a contract with the leagues or the leagues having a contract with individual players, et cetera, et cetera. All of it has some form of contractual obligations tied to it. But as a player, once you get your contract, you don't think about, I don't think about me as a player. I never thought about anything else but going out there and performing and, and doing my job and trying to be the best version of myself on the football field as well as off the football field. So once that contract is done, that's the hard part is negotiating that deal and making people feel like they are respected and you're respecting them. They're respecting you for your efforts and what you do and what you gave to the organization. Once you get past that, it's let me go do my job now and do my job to the best of my ability. And that's just the way contracts generally work. Performance, performance, performance is better than anything else. So I'm not a guy that believes in a whole lot of hype. I'm a guy that believes in substance and production. Productivity is the best thing you can do to earn the biggest contract you could possibly get. But I got to be given the opportunity to do it, though. Emmett, I want to leave you with this. You're one of the greatest to ever put on a pair of shoulder pads. Dallas Cowboy fans miss you and Troy and Michael. Uh, what's your message to, to the Dallas Cowboy fans who have been waiting for the glory days to return? Keep praying.
Keep praying, because <laughs> it might be a long time before we see another ring. <laughs> Niners or Chiefs, who That's you got on Sunday? Say. I'm going with the Niners. I got to stay with the NFC. <laughs> I hate to Boy, say it, Cowboys but that's the and, truth. <laughs> even Cowboys though, and Niners even, had some even great though, battles. Yes, we did. Even though the Kansas City team is actually part of Dallas because they originated out of, out of Texas. So, but uh, I got to go with the Niners, the NFC side. Yeah, and with bringing us back to the old AFL, NFL days. Hey, we appreciate your time as you make your way through the Pro-Am. Give our best to Hoagie and Glover and hit them straight, Emmett. Thank you so much, buddy. Thank you, guys. Y'all be good. Let's sit down to Kira K. Dixon at 16 with baseball royalty. That is right, Damon. I'm here with Alex Rodriguez enjoying what's finally maybe going to be a nice day. Alex, uh, just describe what the scene was like when you walked up through the tunnel on 16 because it wasn't pretty. I mean, it feels like a block party. Um, you know, this is one of the greatest holes and one of the most exciting places to be in sports around the world. And I'm always excited to come. What was it like when you walked up? You saw the rain, the hail. What? Just describe what you guys were doing in there. It was pretty magical. Uh, one of the ushers here said he's been here for about 20 years, and it's the first day he's ever seen it rain. So it must be special. Maybe it's a little good luck. Well, speaking of special, I know that you love this golf tournament. How would you describe playing in this pro-am to somebody that's never gotten to have that experience? Well, it's always intimidating because it's not my sport. I wish we were playing baseball. But uh, it's always great. It's, it's great to be out here. It's great to be with the fans and waste management. They do a beautiful job. Can you tell us a little bit about how long golf has been in your life? I know baseball is uh, a bit transferable in terms of the swing, but at what point did you really start grinding on the game? You know, I've played probably 25 years, but I'm, it doesn't resemble my game. I was telling one of the pros here that in baseball is all wrist, and here you have to have a lot more of a firm. It's a little bit different. That's why I think um, hockey players, pitchers, quarterbacks are always better. But as hitters, we have to fight the baseball swing. And I know that you're playing with Emiliano Grillo today. What do you learn from him? Because I, I know you've gotten the chance to play with lots of great pros. Yeah, he's from Argentina. He was talking about how much he loves Mano, who's obviously a four-time champion with the San Antonio Spurs. Big basketball fan, but he's actually giving me some pretty good technique. But uh, there's a lot of work that I need to do. But it's fun, and uh, I'm so happy to be here. It's a constant game of work. Thanks for the time. Thank you. Michael Phelps, 23 Olympic golds, 28 Olympic medals, and all loves himself some golf and very outspoken on the importance of mental health as well. He's here at TPC Scottsdale with our Kira K. Dixon. Here on the range at TPC Scottsdale for the Pro-Am today with the one and only Michael Phelps getting ready to warm up here. Uh, Michael, just describe what this whole event is like. I know that you, you're a big fan of getting to come out here. Of course. Um, you know, it's always always fun coming out here. Um, there's two important shots. It's the first hole and 16. That's it. You know, as long as you can hit those two shots well, it's a success. Um, I kind of get the jitters going into the first hole, but once I calm down, I kind of get into rhythm. It's so fun. The atmosphere is incredible. Um, sun's coming out, which is awesome. Uh, I thought we were going to get rained on today. Um, but also, you know, 
just thinking about what this event does to the community and, and you know, the amount of people that it brings here to Arizona, to Scottsdale, my home, uh, and what the Thunderbirds are doing, it's, it's, it's a win-win. Uh, you mentioned that your trainer, Keenan, is here that helps you a lot with, with swimming things. So how do you work on your golf game? And I know that you're, you're incredibly uh, passionate about perfecting the golf swing, just as you are about swimming. Of course. Um, you know, when, when I first started working with Keenan and swimming, he didn't really know much about swimming, and, and now that's what he does. Um, you know, and it's the same kind of thing in golf. You know, he kind of saw that I was passionate about this sport and wanted to try to learn the, the mechanics of a swing and, and important parts of, of your body that needs to be, whether active or, I mean, I'm not going to say the right words, but just working in the right ways. Um, and and it's, it's been really fun. You know, I send him a ton of slow-mo videos of, of just trying to point out certain, certain spots of people's swings. And, I mean, coming up here, we were talking about DJ, and he's like, hey, you and him are probably pretty comparable. And I was like, okay, I was like, I'll send you some of his too now. So, uh, but just in general, I'm a huge golf nut, and getting him here and, and getting him out here to pick some of the trainer's minds, just to, to pick up on, on certain exercises that we can do. Um, a lot of rotational stuff, a lot of you know core work and, and med ball work. I've, I've been doing a lot lately that I've felt better standing behind the golf ball. So, You have very much started using golf as a force for good, especially for the Michael Phelps Foundation. Uh, how, how does golf play into the things that you want to do? Uh, I mean, for me, well, you know, golf is, is something, one, I could talk about for hours and hours just because I'm passionate about it, but it's also helped me personally. Um, it's helped me with my foundation, uh, my foundation, uh, Michael Phelps Foundation. We help boys uh, promote, or boys and girls promoting healthy and active lifestyles and, and, and learn to swim, but also the importance of mental health, talking about um, things that you're struggling with, you know, trying to not compartmentalize and, and not stuff these things down, um, really trying to, to change the next generation for mental health. Um, so being able to get people together to where we can raise money to raise the awareness for mental health you know that's something that's so important and and i need more people helping me spread the word about this important topic and finally there's going to be some rookies in the field both uh playing on the pga tour and uh, celebrities like yourself in the pro infield today what is your advice to them as they step through that tunnel on 16 um i always say take a couple deep breaths try to get your heart rate calm um and you might have to club down uh, adrenaline is going to play. It always plays a big role in, in everything. Like, like when I step through that tunnel, I just get amped. Like it feels like I'm walking out for an Olympic race. So um, if I'm feeling that way and the hair on my, on, on my arms are sticking straight up, I know I'm ready to go. And I know I have to club down and just swing um, because the crowd's electric. It's going to be loud. Uh, you know, 30,000 people yeah. screaming, yelling. It's a, it's a treat. It's fun. Well, club down, just swing. Enjoy the day. Thank you. Niccolo Galetti, he's a local, making his PGA Tour debut. You saw Jimmy Hardkay as well, but Niccolo went to ASU, college roommate of John Rom. ASU men's golf team from 2013 to 2017. And, and, and Niccolo also found great success on the Outlaw Tour in 2020 during the COVID-19 pandemic. He's made 44 career starts on a PGA Tour Latino America as well. And Nicolo joins us now here at TPC Scottsdale. Congrats on making it through. From what I understand, your fiance 
told you that some Thank friends you. were going to come watch you play. How much pressure did that put on you, or was it inspiration? Yeah, no, it's more of an inspiration than anything. I don't really. There's no pressure out there when your friends are out there. Obviously, they just want to see me do well, and they're not judging or anything. So it's just nice, nice to have them out there and just support me. And it was, it was very helpful having them out there with me. Nicolo, this is kind of the Hunger Games of Monday qualifiers out here on the PGA Tour. There were 102 guys. There were three spots available. Those aren't good odds. Did you have any expectations going into the week? Uh. I mean, a little bit, to be honest. I mean, I've kind of been playing well for the past little while, and um, for some reason, this qualifier, I always kind of do well. In the Monday, at least, last year, I missed by one, unfortunately, and then two years ago, I missed in the playoffs. So I really wanted to get this one done this year, so I was really uh, determined to do that, you know? So, um, yeah, it was uh, just really happy to finally get it done. Miklo, you're making your PGA Tour debut some 300 yards from where you, you put your head on the pillow each night. Have you been able to wrap your mind yeah. around what this me week means to your career? Uh, yeah, it means a lot. It's going to be, it's very exciting to get my first PGA Tour start. Um, I've got a few starts in the DP World Tour already this year. I've just got my status out there, so that's been nice and uh, nice to play in a few crowds. So I kind of was able to prepare a little bit for this week. Obviously, this week's a little bit different than any other week out here, but uh, I'm just super excited, obviously, living right next right next door, so it'll be just super nice, super easy to get here, and just not, not too much stress. So I'm really excited to get the week going. Has your old college roommate, John Rahm, offered you any advice in going into the week now, or have you sought any advice from John? Yeah, no, I did He messaged me after I made it on Monday, and he, uh, he just said, play my game, you know, and uh, now don't get too overwhelmed or anything. I. He believes I have the game for it, so I believe him. And uh, he obviously knows what he's talking about a little bit. So just kind of want to go out here and just kind of show the people what I got and hopefully do well. How would you describe your comfort level around TPC Scottsdale? Have you played here 500 times? I mean, how much knowledge do you have of the golf course? No. Uh, honestly, not too much. I played here maybe four times, I want to say, before yesterday. Oh. Um, I played a lot on the champion side and across the street with my Latin status. but. Uh, not too much on this side, really, so I still had to do a little bit of homework yesterday and kind of get a feel for the course, especially with these conditions. It's a little bit different than we uh, normally see out here in Arizona. You've had some bizarre issues with injuries over the years, Nicolo. You leaned against a bag stand and it collapsed and you fractured your wrist, but the one that kind of demands a bit more explanation, yeah. <laughs> the day before John's wedding, you were in a novelty sumo suit and you fell over and rolled your ankle? Yeah. You got to explain that one. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was, um, I was just kind of coming back from my wrist injury. I was just, just started playing again, like maybe a week before that. And I had my PJ Tour season, PJ Tour Latin America season starting the very next week in Mexico. So I was super pumped to get back out there and start playing again. And I, uh, yeah, he had this little sumo, sumo uh, wrestling little rink at his wedding for the first day. And uh, yeah, I was just out there with one of my friends, just pushing around, and just my foot got caught in, and caught in a little crease, and I rolled it over and just sprained it really bad. Couldn't walk for a couple weeks, and it was in the crutches, and it was just miserable. Just another, another. That one wasn't too too long of a setback, but it was still uh, it wasn't nice. <laughs> That's for sure. The high jinks of college buddies. There's nothing like it. Speaking of high jinks, a lot of high jinks behind us at the par 3 16th. Your adrenaline may be pumping. Michael Phelps said if you play this hole, you have to breathe and really kind of relax. How are you going to go through the process of trying to tackle this beast behind us, the 16th? 
Yeah, uh, got to just stay focused, you know, don't let the people kind of get into my head too much or all the people around there. Uh, just kind of just do my thing, hopefully to give them a little show. Yesterday I hit a close, I hit it to like a foot yesterday, just kind of got them going, which was really cool. Um, and yeah, I kind of just not really worry about it too much. Obviously, enjoy the moment and embrace it, but uh, yeah, don't think about it too much. It's kind of my plan. Are you the kind of personality on the golf course who can embrace all of these theatrics, or is your strategy to try to tune it out and do your you do your thing that way? No, I kind of, I like to embrace it really. I mean, I kind of I like to engage with the crowd a little bit, try to get the people going and stuff. I mean, I like to put on a show, I could say. So, yeah, I just embrace it as much as I can and just try to just enjoy being out here as much as I as much as I can really. Nicola, there's a line that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. You're torn oblique, the ankle, the wrist. You're battling out on the Outlaw Tour. And what, in what ways are you maybe the sharpest <laughs> mentally and physically that you've ever been because of what you've been through? Yeah, for sure. It definitely uh, grew me as a person, I'd say, battling all those injuries. It's, it's, not, it's not easy taking a year off straight of golf and uh, not being able to swing. You just want to be out there with your friends and playing. So... I really uh, learned that how much I do enjoy golf and playing golf with my friends and playing tournaments and just being out there. Um, so, yeah, it really grew me as a person in that way, I'd say, and uh, just made me a little more hungry to get back out there once I did get healthy. And, yeah, just kind of helped me just help me uh, just learn to focus a little bit more and kind of get, get as many opportunities as I can because you never know what really can happen with all these injuries. Well, Nicolo, you Monday qualifying already one of the biggest stories of the week. Embrace it. We have family and friends out here, <laughs> I imagine. Best of luck and enjoy the process. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on here.